0: Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Someone asked me genuinely recently, How long does it take you to prepare a message? I said, About 40 years. (laughs) What I'm going to talk about today, a lot of it is testimonial, it's not about personal attention. But as I was preparing for this morning, I found myself overwhelmed. I found myself in tears a lot. As I realised over 40 years, the Holy Spirit was always there. Guiding, speaking, directing. And I didn't always stop to say, thank you. It's easy to say, thank you, Jesus. Of course, the, the work of the Holy Spirit is to point to Jesus. But my grateful heart towards the Holy Spirit this week has gone to a level I haven't known for a long time. As I look back, too many people look back at the hurts they've been through, at the pain they've been through in life. But boy, when you can look back at the goodness of God. And I began to think of all the times when the whisper was there. My prayer today is I share a lot of my own story that at the end of this meeting, we can pray together that you will learn to hear that still small voice because it's for all of us. I've been praying for you this week that God will get our ear so we can hear that small voice. And I've been praying that you will have from today greater divine appointments because I've lived a life of divine appointments. And it would take me all day and few more days to share them all with you. But I've just chosen a few so that you will be encouraged as we look at this incredible person of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Tony last Sunday taught us from the Word of when the Holy Spirit fell on the early church. It released creativity. Comfort, courage, clarity, conviction, and Christ was manifested amongst them. Without sounding arrogant or self serving, please, I don't want to do that. I've experienced all those. As Pastor Tony was sharing them, I'm, I'm thankful for those divine ideas that sounded crazy renovate a children's hospital, renovate a high school, and thinking I'm mad and to see incredible outcomes that have affected many, many lives. Even to the point of when Pastor Tony rang me to speak today, the night before I'm laying on my bed and Tony's gonna ring you and he's gonna ask you to speak on the Holy Spirit. Coming here to work at life was the same. Pastor Tony and I met and I began to cry. He thinks I cry because I'm Italian but it's not that. It's that whisper that becomes the reality. I was thinking driving here today that people that don't know Christ, people that are not Christians, will laugh at Christianity when we mention words like the Holy Spirit. But they can go to the book at the back of Woman's Weekly and read their lucky stars We can go to fortune tellers and ask us to tell our future. Spirituality's never been greater today in the world than it is now, but not the God spirituality. It's people looking for answers. And yet everything that doesn't come from God is an imitation. And I wanna say this morning that when it comes from God, it's real. Not only is it real, it stands the test of time. And I'm 65 and I can look back to when I was 25 and I go, he said it and he did it. He said it and he did it. He said it and he did it. And so I am so privileged this morning to share a little bit about that. Pastor Tony taught us that the Holy Spirit is not just a force. It's just not, a, not just an experience, although we can experience the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is a person. And I've gotten to know that person of the Holy Spirit over many years. The Bible teaches us that He imparts revelation. He illuminates things we don't understand. He guides us, He comforts us, He makes intercession for us. He appoints to office and He gives wisdom for counselling. I've had the privilege of sitting here on Tuesdays and talking to people, and you know, the other week, week before last, I'm sitting here, and that urge to ring someone while I'm in the office, I ring them, and they're on the side of the road, wondering what to do with their lives, and I said, "Get here straight away." And the next was the whisper of the Holy Spirit guiding us in life. People are spending so much money on counselling. Today, mentoring is a very popular thing in the world. But I wanna tell you, friends, if God is real, and if you're here today and you're not a Christian, can I tell you, I'd be lying to you if I didn't mean every word I'm saying, God is real. And not only is real, the Holy Spirit is that third part of God that that comes to us and speaks to us in the small whisper. And over my life, as I look back, I can honestly tell you, I've been fed by the Holy Spirit and I've been led by the Holy Spirit. I've been fed illumination. I've been fed that ability to get more than just a thought. And can I stop and say, when it's the Holy Spirit, it's not a fleeting thought. When it's the Holy Spirit, that whisper just stays there. Do this. Do that, ring that person, ring that person. It takes a while to get to this place, but let me tell you, we can all get there where we can have that whisper that is so loud inside your heart and inside your mind, and yet it's gentle. And it's not super spiro like some people think. Over many years, I've learned to listen to that whisper and I don't ring people up and go, God told me, yea, verily, the Lord hath told me to ring a thee. I don't get into an American accent because I'm not American. I don't get into this trance. All you do is say, hey, I've been thinking of you. You've been on my mind. And if it wasn't the Holy Spirit in the early days, I needed to practise. And if it wasn't the Holy Spirit, they thank you that you thought of them. It's not a wasted phone call. But to turn up one day I'm sitting in the office and there was a couple who I think your pastors, are, Tony and Kath have met, Tony and Lenny, who used to own born Giorno's down South. Not going to church people, running a business. I'm at my desk at Ranella. go and see Tony and Lenny. Go and see Tony and Lenny now. Like I don't even know where they live. I knew they lived in Woodcroft. So I got in my car, I couldn't stop that small whisper. And I started driving around Woodcroft and I'm into cars. I knew he had a black SS Commodore. I wish he had it now to be worth a bit, but anyway. (laughs) And I'm driving around looking for this house I don't know. And as I'm driving out of Hurtle Square or Hertle, whatever they call it, this area in Woodcroft. And I look to the left and three houses in from one street, I was just driving out, there's a black SS Commodore. I turn around, I pull up the front and I don't know who's gonna answer the door. I hope it's Tony and Lenny. And I knock on the door and Tony opens the door and goes, ah! I just said to Lenny, we need to talk to Danny about this. And you just turned up on the door. How does God talk to you? And we sat down with a short black, because that's what you do with Italians, have a short black coffee. And we began to talk to Tony and Lenny. I'm preparing this message on Thursday. Tony turns up at my door, able to talk about those times on how God intervened into one of the major decisions in their business. At our son's funeral, Tony and Lenny were there and they don't go to church much, uh, you know, Catholic background, but at the funeral afterwards, when we're having refreshments, they were walking around telling all our friends their story. You think, wow, how cool is the Holy Spirit of God when we learn to hear His voice. And so I could tell you so many stories and some of them I pray will be a great encouragement to you. Uh, Because this happened when I wasn't a pastor. I'm a menswear salesman in Victoria Square Arcade. On a Friday night, a a man walks in I'd never seen before. He was a lot older than me. I was probably 19. He was in his 30s and I thought that was old then. Uh, Boy, (laughs) boy, what am I now, you know? Dinosaur. And uh, he um, came to get his clothes. Every Friday night, he'd buy something. And one Friday night, he looked at me and he goes, you're different. I said, I'm Italian. Uh, He says, no, no, there's something different. He said, I said, well, I'm a Christian. And he goes, that's it. He was a Salvation Army officer who turned his back on God, had a broken relationship with a lady that he couldn't handle the breakup and he walked away from God because God didn't seem to answer his prayer. In his anger towards the church and God, He decided to become a Muslim. He joined the Muslim faith and after a period of time, they made him the editor of the Islamic paper in South Australia. As we began to catch up for coffee, he said, can we catch up for coffee and talk? I'd be sitting, I can still remember Coles, Victoria Square. You can get cheap chicken and chips on Friday night late. We're sitting there reading And that small whisper, ask him about this, ask him about that. And within six months, he broke down. He renounced his faith in what he was now believing and surrendered his life back to Christ. I had the privilege of baptizing him and then later, unfortunately but fortunately, had the honor of doing his funeral and watched a man completely transformed by something of the whisper of that gentle Holy Spirit. I'm in the menswear store one Saturday morning, this really big bearded guy comes in. Not, he wasn't really big, but he was really big bearded. And he walked in and he looked, he looked a bit scary. Back then they weren't trendy, their beards like they are now. And as I'm serving this guy, that still small voice, Take him home for lunch today. I'm good, I've never met the guy in my life. So I was still practising back then on hearing that voice. So I thought, I'm gonna ring Sharon and I'm gonna say, look, I'm just gonna invite a total stranger to our house for lunch. She's gonna say, what are you doing? So I rang, I went at the phone at the back of the shop and I rang her. She goes, oh, that's funny. My sister's here. We've been cooking all morning. There's plenty of food. Bring him home. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I said to this guy, what are you doing? He said, I'm... I'm riding around Australia on a push bike. He was from Canada and he was trying to find himself. I thought, well, you're standing right in front of me, but, it, but he was trying to find himself. You know, it was those hugging trees, hugging whales that the time, you know, all that sort of stuff and he's trying to find who he is. So we had to shorten his trousers. And so he had to go do something else. And I said, God, when he comes back, I'm gonna ask him, you have gotta give me the courage. Cut a long story short, he came back, I asked him, he said, I'd love to. That night, he came to youth with me. That night, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Monday morning, he hung up his bike and decided to go to Bible school. On the Sunday before the Monday, I'm telling him about the Holy Spirit in the car. Sharon's sitting behind me and kneeing me in the back of the seat. Like give the guy a chance. (laughs) Well, he never went travelling anymore. Married a girl here in Adelaide, still living here in Adelaide with children. What now, 30, 40 years later, serving Jesus. His family overseas could not believe what had happened. They all flew over from overseas to meet Sharon and I to see what had happened to their son. Don't tell me it's not real. The still small whisper of the Holy Spirit. I was flying to Africa. I wanna wanna push this a bit this morning and then I'll give you some points. But just so that you know, this is not a sermon, it's a reality. I'm flying to Africa via Perth on South African Airlines, which. probably didn't fly with anymore after this trip, but uh, it was a really old aeroplane and very rattly. And we landed in Perth and and, and I've got an empty seat next to me. And I'm thinking, God, please, don't let anybody sit next to me. (laughs) I just wanna sleep. And I just wanna take a sleeping tablet and knock myself out till I get to Africa, 14 hours from Perth or whatever it was. They're about to shut the door of the plane and I've got an empty seat next to me. And then... Just as they're about to shut the door, a wonderful, beautiful African man, well-dressed comes walking in and sits next to me. And I go, oh, here we go. (laughs) Shakes my hand. I shake his hand. I said, what do you do? He said, I'm an ambassador in Africa. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a minister, a Christian minister. He goes, oh no. (laughs) He goes, I'm standing in the airport. And I said, God, if you're real, sit me next to someone that can explain you to me. I didn't get a lot of sleep, but the flight was quite short because Turbo Teeth here, when he gets going, he forgets time. Got to pray with him. He said, you were a divine connection for me today. I am going to pursue God. And I thought, wow, thank you to the whisper. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, I was out in the foyer and I was talking to Sarah just down here. And she goes, Have you, there's only one Danny Goog isn't there? I said, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> she says, I want you to watch this. Or we, she showed me a video of Rob Plummer. Rob Plummer is in Japan. 19 years ago, he came to an EDGE conference. Him and his wife were about to embark a new mission in Japan to start a church. They didn't have enough money for their airfares. For the two of them, they needed $8,000. And so someone gave him a thousand. And he goes, well, this is a good start. And then during the worship, the whisper said to him, put the thousand in the offering. And he's going, God, I need 8,000 and you're telling me to give the 1,000 I've just been given in the offering? And at the end of the meeting, I got up at Edge Conference, called Rob forward because I knew he was about to start a church in Japan and felt the figure of $8,000 in my head. Out of the money that had been taken up in the offering for the conference, we felt to give him $8,000. Last Sunday, I'm in the foyer. There was a real buzz here after Pastor Tony preached on the Holy Spirit and you could feel it in the foyer as we're talking that this is more than just a message. It's a true reality. And I listened to him preach a week ago about that event, 19 years ago. I'm home preparing on Thursday and Thursday night the phone rings and it's Rod Plummer from Japan haven't spoken to him for at least 15 years. He goes, my mind this week has been going back again, Danny, of that miracle. Tears in his eyes on FaceTime as we were talking. He said, you know, that was 19 years ago, Danny, my wife and I went to Japan. You sowed that seed as a group of people in Adelaide. We now have 22 churches, 22 major campuses. And my little boys that were just little when we went to Japan are now taking over the ministry from us. Those boys are now married. And we both were a little emotional. I said, I can't wait to get to life on Sunday and tell them that story. (laughs) Let me tell you friends, the Holy Spirit is not just some weird force, but He's an incredible person of the Holy Spirit. And And He comes to us and He leads us. As I said at the beginning, But I'm gonna go through some Scriptures. And one of the things I wanna share today with you and with us is if you come from my background, which some people, if you're visiting today, you might not be aware of this terminology from a Pentecostal church. The Pentecostal arm of Christianity believes what happened in the New Testament that when the early church was filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in spiritual languages. I'm grateful today that I have that privilege or ability to be able to talk to God in words I can't express, but it's just spirit talking straight to God. But sadly, for most people that call themselves Pentecostal, the first thing that comes into people's minds is speaking in tongues. Are they the weirdo speaking in tongues, people? And I'm grateful for the gift of tongues. And today we don't have a long time to open this up completely other than to say, as I study the New Testament, there are other evidences of what it means to be filled with God's Spirit. It's not just an experience. And I have found in Ephesians chapter five and in Ephesians chapter six, there are seven evidences of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I wanna share them briefly with us today because I think they can really, really help us. I did make a major decision and that was I wasn't gonna start everything with the same letter. Because last Sunday, Pastor Tony said that he was following my example and starting everything with the same letter. And I thought, I need to be different. And so today, Pastor Tony, no starting with the same letter. Sorry, I just wanna show you that I can break from my tradition, you know. Okay, Ephesians chapter five, verse 18. We're gonna read it it in the Message Bible, all my Scriptures today, so that all of us can understand the now ability to get hold of this. But in another version, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me read it in the Message. It'll probably go up on screen. Don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge droughts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything, an excuse excuse for a song to God, the Father, in the Name of our Master, Jesus Christ. We see here a command from the Apostle Paul this says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you friends, it's more than just having a religious experience. It's more than just feeling something. While those things are all there, there is an activation when the Holy Spirit gets hold of our lives that is more than just speaking in tongues. Now it's interesting to note that the Scripture makes a mention of being drunk in the natural. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think as Pentecostal Christians, we've misinterpreted the Scripture. You judge it and I submit it to you. But I look at some people when they are totally drunk and they're an embarrassment. And sometimes we interpret this Scripture as just like people get drunk in the natural. When the Holy Spirit's on you, you act like a drunk person. But when you look at this closer, what it's really saying is a drunk person can be clearly identified. When you look at a drunk person, you're not gonna have to look more than once to go, something's wrong here. The drunk. And I decided yesterday to have a look at some of the evidences of being drunk. It can lead to slow or poor judgment, lack of coordination, slowed breathing and heart rate, vision problems, drowsiness, loss of balance. And when you're very drunk, you can have seizures, dehydration, injuries, vomiting. You can even end up in a coma and die. How does that on earth resemble the Holy Spirit? What this scripture is really saying, in my understanding, reading it contextually, is just like a person who's drunk can be clearly identified, a person who is filled with God's Spirit can be clearly identified. They can be identified by the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in their lives. And here's the seven evidences in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. The first one is love. If we are genuinely being filled with the Holy Spirit, we should be walking in love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn proper behaviour from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of Himself to us. Love like that. Do you know how many people that speak in tongues are some of the angriest people I've ever met? And when they have a conflict with some other Christian, they hit the wall and they spit the dummy and all sorts of, and I think, well, hang on a minute. It's not just about speaking in tongues. It's about speaking in another tongue, the tongue of love. Because the minute I say something that doesn't come from a posture of love, then I might be saying some right things, but I've lost the right to be heard. Because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is evidence of that. I wrote this in my journal this morning. We can be led by the Holy Spirit or led by an angry spirit. One flows from humility. The other one flows from superiority. One expresses quiet strength. The other expresses loud weakness. One has authority. The other can be authoritarian. And I've seen people say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they think they're better than everybody else. In the 80s, there was a movement called the charismatic movement. And people out of the Uniting Church and the Baptist Church and other churches were being filled with this gift called the the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then their friends who didn't have it, they would look to them as they were better. You don't have what we've got. And I think that's the opposite of what the Holy Spirit does. Because when the Holy Spirit's in you, it's expressed by love. In the book of Acts, four or five times, it says that the Holy Spirit fell on them. Four or five times through the rest of Scripture, it says that the Holy Spirit fell on them and lots of commentators say that that word means a loving embrace. And you know, when the Holy Spirit comes on us or in us, any way He touches our lives, there should be a loving embrace. A sense, wow, I don't deserve this. When all these things began to happen to me over the years, I didn't get up and go, look how awesome I am. Gee, I'm good. No, you humble yourself. You go, wow, God, how did that happen? I can only give Jesus the glory for that. I can only thank the Holy Spirit for that. The second one is walking in the light. Ephesians 5, 8 to 10. You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, and the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and then just do it. Even Nike will tell you that, just do it. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit as a young kid, something of an amazing gift came on my life that's available to all of us today. It's called conviction. I used to preach at youth rallies and your pastors will know that because they've heard me say it. I used to call it the uh uh-uh of the Holy Spirit as you're going through life and you're about to do something stupid, uh uh-uh, don't do that. It was the loving embrace. It wasn't control-freaking from God. It was the love of God. What parent wouldn't say to a kid, don't touch that hot stove? It's a love. Conviction is a gift. Most Christians I talk to in our modern world live by preference. I prefer this, I prefer that. I don't like that kind of music. I like, life's far deeper than that. And we've got to live by Holy Spirit given convictions, the non-negotiables. So when your son dies and then you get cancer and then you go through all kinds of stuff and you get accused of things you never said or never did, there's something of the conviction of God sitting inside of you that says, "Uh uh-uh, don't react. Uh Uh-uh, don't get angry. Uh Uh-uh, don't retaliate. Come on. It's an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world. Then the Bible also tells us to hate the world. So is the Bible contradictory? No, we're meant to love everybody. We're meant to love the whole world, but there's a system of the world. There is a pattern of the world that seems right to the world, but the end is the way of death. There's no trust in our political system today. People are confused. People are in doubt. You listen to one news channel, it'll tell you a totally different story. If you listen to Sky, it'll be far right. If you listen to the ABC, it's far left. And and people just don't know who to believe anymore. I'm grateful there's one I can believe. It's called the whisper and he's on the inside and he's built convictions in my life. So as I'm going through life, uh-uh. And then you get a phone call from a pastor, Tony. It says, can you come and work with us? And there's a uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> not an uh-uh. There's an mm, this is good. When we started our church, God put in my heart the story of Mary and Elizabeth the mother of Jesus and the mother of John the Baptist when they came together. And it says, when they met, there was a leaping in the womb. There was a, wow, hmm, And I learnt from the beginning of the birth of our ministry that I needed to listen to the "Uh uh-uh and I needed to listen to the hmm. It's never let me down. And we need to hate the system of the world, not hate the people in the world. And the world has no answers for our young people, has no answers for our future. You know, it says in Proverbs fourteen twelve, there is a way that seems right to man, but it ends up in death. And verse 13, the next verse, it says, while people are laughing on the outside, on the inside, they're full of grief and pain. Isn't that the world we're living in? But I'm glad for the whisper. I'm glad that His love is overwhelming. But the light that He gives us leads us forward in life. The next one is a positive attitude, a praising attitude in life. You know, Paul was in prison, not a good place to be. Better, it was worse than COVID. If you're really nervous about the COVID stuff, my wife and I sat and watched what happened in Auschwitz after the Second World War where all the Jews were killed and in those concentration camps. And we're watching it the other night and bawling our eyes out. And I go, we've got nothing to complain about. You know, you can always see someone that's been through a lot, lot worse. And Paul's in prison and in Philippians 4, he writes to the church and he goes, you know, be full of joy, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice in the message. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And I discovered in my life that rejoicing isn't running around laughing, but rejoicing is a rejoicing. It's a choice I make every day to have a positive posture towards a God I can trust. when even things that happen that I don't understand surround me. I can turn around and say, God, You are pure. You are God, You are real. And You give me eternal hope, which this world does not have. And even on my worst day, I'm having a better day than a world without hope because I have eternal hope that fills me with a joy that's not about happenings, but it's about what happens inside of you. And that's the fruit of the... Holy Spirit, the whisper filling your life. That's why it says sing hymns instead of drinking songs. We read it earlier. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. For those watching online, this is not a go at you at all, please. But please don't underestimate the power of corporate worship. The three songs we had this morning were amening to my heart, where I'm about to speak on. And you can be there in worship and not understand everything that's happening, but something's being imparted to you. Yes. Where brethren dwell together in unity. Their God commands the blessing. You gotta be in the right place with the right people and then the power will flow. Yes. And I'm grateful for corporate worship. We gotta keep rejoicing. When the 120 in the book of Acts were filled with the Holy Spirit, they exploded in worship. In Nehemiah chapter eight, when the word of God became freshly known to the people of Israel, they stood and clapped and cheered and worshiped. Number four, right relationships. And I'm not gonna take a long time on this one. Uh, Time's running out, but listen, number four, Pastor Tony's gonna start a series next Sunday on right relationships. I still can't tell you of one case where people have left our church over the years because they disagreed with the doctrine. The issue was 99.9% of the time broken relationships. I studied yesterday through a journal and found, I'm not gonna give you the stats because time's gone, of 100 missionaries that were interviewed after coming back from the mission field that had given up halfway through their tenure that they should have been away on the mission field. And all of them left the mission field because of either a marriage breakup, a relationship breakup, a, a breakup with the leaders of the community. And I wanna tell you, friends, when the Holy Spirit is inside of us, the way we respond in relationship conflicts is a clear evidence of whether we're walking with Jesus, walking with the Holy Spirit, or we're walking with our hurt. Because hurt people hurt people. And I wanna tell you, next week we'll start on relationships. But when the whisper is in our lives, you know, in our marriages, when I, you know, last night we got a little bit lost going out to dinner somewhere, my wife was driving. And I was being tested on this message because <laughs> I'm getting agitated. Don't go down that street. She goes down that street. It's a dead end street. And I could feel myself, the, the Italian Danny started to pop his head up. If the musicians can come, thanks. I wanna tell you, right relationships flow when we allow the Holy Spirit to let us grow. And it's an ongoing thing. And so I'll leave that one because next week we'll be starting on that. And then number five, evidence of being filled with the Spirit is our ability to be in spiritual warfare, to be able to fight the good fight. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Most Christians I know wrestle not, full stop. There is a fight. To live for God is a fight, but everything in life is a fight. One's a good fight, one's a bad fight, and I'm gonna fight the good fight. I'm gonna fight the fight for my peace, for my joy, to be like Jesus. And so it says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and He wants you to be strong. So take everything the Master has set out for you well-made weapons of His best materials and put them to use. You will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is not, this is no afternoon contest. Pastor Paul is up here speaking. A couple of weeks ago, I'm with a young man who's probably in the meeting today. And we're out the back there, out the front, sorry, in the foyer. And I said to him, you know, the devil always oversteps his mark. And we're having this conversation and Pastor Paul gets up there, He's sitting in the congregation and he says, you know, the devil always oversteps his mark. He looks at me, I look at him. We had a bit of a chat about it afterwards. And in his own life, and he's here today, I think, we've seen breakthrough after breakthrough. Number six is prayer. God's Word is indispensable weapon. In the same way, pray or prayer is essential in the ongoing warfare, pray hard and long, Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Chapter six, verse 18. And the last one, boldness or courage, whichever word you wanna use there. And don't forget to pray for me. Verse 19 of chapter six of Ephesians. Paul says, and don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it all at the right time. These are evidences of the Holy Spirit. The whisper that leads us into truth. That leads us into these seven things, love, living separate from the world, positive praise life, a right relationship, spiritual warfare, prayer and boldness. I close with this, I was flying into Devonport to speak at a Holy Spirit weekend. I was spooked by it, for, you know, just flying in because I knew what the people were expecting. Every year they have these meetings, people roll around on the floor, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It depends on how you walk out the door after you've rolled around on the floor. But, but anyway, that's for another day. And I'm going, I'm not into preaching that stuff. I'm here to preach the word. And as we come into land, three words came into my head. And these do start with the same letter Moments must lead to movement. And movement must take us into momentum. And I said to the church, every year you have these meetings and nothing changes. The revival's on September the 12th. Next year, the revival is on October the 10th. People still fighting. People still angry with one another in church. And I'm thinking, I don't wanna give my life to a preach. I wanna give my life to a reach with the truth of God. And I said, guys, we can have a moment. I've had many of them with the whisper. But if that moment doesn't turn into movement, then it will never become momentum. Because ladies and gentlemen, if the whisper's not there in your slowlies, He won't show up in your suddenlies. Moses in the back end of a desert doing his slowly. Where's God now? Why isn't God showing up now in this back into the desert. And then there's one day and there's a suddenly, because He was doing his slowly. Right, the Holy Spirit helps us with our slowlies. And then every now and then there's a suddenly. And because we've done our slowlies by trusting Him, our suddenlies give us momentum. We start moving in the right direction and we stay in momentum. I haven't arrived, please but I love the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful today for His leading over 40 years. I'm grateful for the Scriptures that He gave me when Chris died. I'm grateful for the moments that still happen now, but I don't just celebrate the moment. I turn them into movement and I stay in momentum. Can we bow our heads this morning? As I was praying for you, this morning early, I felt I needed to say to you, start expecting that still small voice. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. But please fill yourself with the Word of God. You've got to get into the Word because that's what the Holy Spirit will illuminate to you. But if you're not putting the Word in, then you're not gonna identify that voice. Keep a diary with the Word and then obey what's illuminated to you. Father, this morning, and if you could just put your hands out in front of you while you're sitting there. Father, this morning, I pray that You will come like never before to these amazing people and bring divine voice to them. I pray this week we'll get story after story by next Sunday of divine appointments. Father, tap people on the shoulder with that quiet whisper. Don't leave until something's activated. Father, I pray that you will illuminate the Word. I felt these two things to pray for, to illuminate the Word as you read it, that the whisper will explain the passage that you're reading to you. And we've run out of time, but Father, I pray for divine appointments all week. I thank You, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank You for Your faithfulness to lift Jesus up in our lives. May this week be a supernatural,